Chapter fifty three of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. Chapter fifty three. Intercession. A stifled cry had interrupted him. Helen was pressing her handkerchief to her mouth. She rose and ran from him. Wingfold stood alarmed and irresolute. She had not gone many steps, however, when her pace slackened, her knees gave way, and she dropped senseless on the grass. Wingfold ran to the house for water. Rachel hastened to her assistance, and Polworth followed. It was some time before they succeeded in reviving her. When at length the colour began to return a little to her cheek, Polworth dropped on his knees at her feet. Wingfold, in his ministrations, was already kneeling on one side of her, and Rachel now kneeled on the other. Then Polworth said, in his low and husky, yet not altogether unmelodious voice, Life eternal, this lady of thine hath a sore heart, and we cannot help her. Thou art help, O mighty love. They who know thee best rejoice in thee most. As thy sun that shines over our heads, as thy air that flows into our bodies, thou art above, around, and in us. Thou art in her heart. O speak to her there. Let her know thy will, and give her strength to do it. O Father of Jesus Christ. Amen. When Helen opened her eyes, she saw only the dark leaves of an arbutus over her and knew nothing beyond a sense of utter misery and weakness with an impulse to rise and run with an effort she moved her head a little and then she saw the three kneeling forms the clergyman with bowed head and the two dwarfs with shining upturned faces she thought she was dead and they were kneeling about her corpse her head dropped with a weary sigh of relief. She lay passive and heard the dwarf's prayer. Then she knew that she was not dead, and the disappointment was bitter, but she thought of Leopold and was consoled. After a few minutes of quiet, they helped her into the house and laid her on a sofa in the parlour. Don't be frightened, dear lady, said the little woman. Nobody shall come near you. We will watch you as if you were the queen. I am going to get some tea for you. But the moment she left the room, Helen got up. She could not endure a moment longer in the place. There was a demon at her brother's ear, whispering him to confess, to rid himself of his torture by the aid of the law. She must rush home and drive him away. She took her hat in her hand, opened the door softly, and ere Rachel could say a word, had flitted through the kitchen and was amongst the trees on the opposite side of the road rachel ran to the garden to her uncle and wingfold they looked at each other for a moment in silence i will follow her said wingfold she may faint again if she does i shall whistle he followed and kept her in sight until she was safe in her aunt's garden what is to be done he said returning in great trouble i do not think i made any blunder but there she is, gone in tenfold misery. I wish I could tell you what passed, but that, of course, I cannot. 
of course not returned polwarth but the fact of her leaving yon so is no sign that you said the wrong thing rather the contrary when people seek advice it is too often in the hope of finding the adviser side with the second familiar self instead of their awful first self of which they know so little do not be anxious you have done your best wait for what will come next End of chapter 53